welcome to In Their Own League podcast. It's me, B, and I'm joined today by the wonderful Stephen. Hello, B. Hello, lovely to speak to you again. And I'm also joined by the wonderful Valerie. Hello. Hello. Um, are you feeling all, you know, like pretty women here? Uh, two out of us three, I'm sure, are. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm Steve, not. Steve, Stephen. Stephen may be stunning. Yeah. I may I, I may be, but I'm I'm neither feeling like a pretty woman or feeling a pretty woman as we stand. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um so I'm I'm quite excited to talk about this because I have finally seen this film now. Uh, it's only been like thirty odd years that it's been out, you know, but I finally mm. got around to watching it and yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. Interesting. So <laughs> <laughs> we're on a very similar journey at the moment I think in that I can tell from your Twitter you're exploring some of these movies from this age yes and I've decided to as well so sort of as part of this year uh, there's two things I want to do one is get my watch list down yeah. i.e the pile of DVDs and Blu-rays oh. which are never goes down well they're threatening me with plastic attitude but also to go and re-experience a you know, this was the first time watched for you. I saw this at the cinema. Oh. When I so I I saw it in the movies too. Actually. Yeah, and so there's oh, a whole wow. bunch of films like Pretty Woman. Literally, I only watched a few weeks ago. And when you said, "Oh, does anyone want to talk about Pretty Woman?" I was thinking, "Well, that's convenient because it's <laughs> not the film I remembered." But I'm fascinated about your first time viewing compared yeah. to my yeah. experience 30 years later. Yeah. What about you, Valerie? Um, have you seen this film more than once? Uh, I have. And actually, I, I've... Gosh, it's one of those ones I did... I, I saw it when I was in college. And sometimes some of the films I've seen in college were just because somebody on, on the floor the, <laughs> of the dorm had the idea to go see this movie. And that re- and rounded up a bunch of us. So it wasn't necessarily my choice to go. I remember being pleasantly surprised and liking it. But I also remember like, you know, a uh, an underclass and, you know, just absolutely loving the film and having a poster of the film like the following year. And I wasn't all that into it, but I definitely did see like uh, why everybody fell for Julia Roberts. Yeah, yeah. yeah she's, she's that was a, her big breakout role, and you know, people like in profiles called her pretty woman for years, and so you know, but, yeah. So I like I see where like where it has its it, it there's the chemistry and things like that. But the other thing I when I told my husband I was going to be talking to you too, um, my fa- my late father in law liked this movie a lot. It was one of these ones that whenever, because they had like the satellite TV, so whenever it was on, he would pull it up. Much to the the consternation and annoyance of my mother-in-law, which is kind of funny, you know. He had, (laughs) he's also likes uh, some, he also likes some romantic comedies with Jennifer Lopez. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, so he's he's got kind of, he had kind of an eclectic taste. But yes, this, this was one that my, you know, my mother-in-law couldn't stand to have on in the background, which I found, like, kind of funny. Just like, he's watching Pretty Woman again. <laughs> but it's like, it's not just, like, a popular, famous film. It was, like, the biggest film of that year. And I think it still is, if you adjust for everything, it's still the biggest romantic comedy of all time in terms of ticket sales mm. so it's it's got it might be 30 years old and it's and it's but it's more than just the film that really turned julia roberts into a superstar it's it's kind of important in the history of cinema bizarrely oh i've just given yeah. away my thoughts on it there haven't i <laughs> in one word <laughs> well, yeah it is i mean obviously I'm not the I guess I would be the target audience for this movie but um it's not the movie that I would go and pay good money to go watch in a theater um it's also not the movie that it was originally meant to be no the the original (laughs) movie sounds far better I was like looking into it It it's like a lot darker there's more sort of like uh, emphasis on like 
the world of prostitution yeah yeah being a, a lot lot more like it is in reality yeah and i was like that's a movie i want to see <laughs> Yeah, Instead they watching... make this fluffy romantic comedy where it's like she's a prostitute but she's not really a prostitute, you know? Yeah, because yeah. it had um, Netflix did one of those movies they made us on it, which is what mm. made me rewatch it. I thought I had no idea about that because I wouldn't have done it at the time. I was 20 or something, 19, and I would have had no idea that there was this film, that this story that's been going around for years about that had a really dark well downbeat ending and mm. and and talked about aids and heroin addiction and this film kind of sort of just fluffs that off doesn't it <laughs> in a quite a yeah, worrying way yeah. but yeah it's it's really interesting because I guess we are used to romantic comedies being pre-made fluff in some way you know absolutely designed to but this thing's had a, a fairly dark story turned into a romantic comedy a lot of romantic comedies are kind of like if they were done in a certain different style they are a little bit sinister i don't know lots of stalkers yeah yeah exactly (laughs) i always thought like i had this idea for a movie where it was like in the first half it's like a typical romantic comedy and then it turns into like the second half is told from the other person's perspective and it's more like a thriller or like a psychological like horror type of thing where it's like there is a fantastic korean movie which does exactly that Ah. and it starts off as as just a bouncy korean romantic comedy of which there's thousands know, fairly chaste but amusing and then it turns out she's a serial killer and is keeping dead bodies in the kimchi freezers (laughs) i mean it still remains a sort of a bouncy um yeah. sort of humorous air to it but absolutely it takes that idea and says actually you know this person you absolutely think so wonderful and charming and cute and quirky yeah. and pixie dream girlish mm-hmm. well she's also a serial killer yeah uh, just but th- it's interesting how pretty woman sort of like had a very like w- weird journey to a, mm. it, the final product and um, there are many like things that I sort of like when I was writing my piece, shameless plugging. If you want to head over to intheirownleague.com, that is uh, kind read, of the point, though. <laughs> that is kind of the point. I read my review. Um, I sort of like went into to you know a bit of the history of the film, and I think it's really interesting that you know originally like the people who they were going to cast in the movie. I can't imagine anyone else in the roles like. The only reason Richard Gere sort of took on the role was because of him meeting Julia Roberts. But they were like, Christopher Reeve was going to be in it, but Reynolds, Al Pacino at one point. I mean, I cannot see Al Pacino in this type of film at all. I mean, I kind of would love to have seen that movie, (laughs) but at the same time, he's not really, he hasn't really got the sex appeal um they probably did at the time he had the whole scent of the woman thing didn't he going on yeah he was, he I guess was so, but but, but absolutely still... this is i mean this is latter day richard gear he's not an officer and a gentleman anymore so although i don't think that was that previous to this but you know his his star really rose in the 80s didn't it yeah. mm-hmm. and so this is this is the beginning i mean he he did another film with julie roberts um he also didn't he have to fight to get um i'm gonna call him george costanza um Oh, uh, oh yeah. Jason Alexander. Jason yeah. Alexander in the film. Um yeah. because they, they they didn't want him. They didn't want Julia Roberts, they didn't want Jason Alexander. <laughs> it's like I know every film has these stories, but the one thing to me this film has is chemistry. Mm, yeah. Um, and and they all work so well together. Mm-hmm. Even the supporting cast or you know, are great. Like the just the the colourful characters that they come across like I love the guy in the elevator you know mm. just like the small sort of like side characters they all seem a bit you know and I've always liked Laura San Giacomo mm. although I do feel she's in a slightly different film I think she's in Desperately Seeking Susan rather than Pretty <laughs> Woman sometimes <laughs> <laughs> 
I like Hector Elizondo in that movie. Like as far as you know, he's the fair he's the fairy godmother and what in mm. what they build yeah. as a as a as a Cinderella story, you know. And so, uh, you know, I like that he kind of how he takes her under his wing a bit and shows her like all these different, yeah, like forks and, and stuff, and then gets gets her the the, the clothes, lim- yeah, yeah, and a limo at the end, and yeah. Tells tells um Richard Gere's character where she's gone and where stuff she's going like to be, yeah. yeah, you know it's, he's yeah, it's yes, sweet. your 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 niece has gone shopping, <laughs> <laughs> but I, he's he to me he's almost like the heart of the movie. Yes, I yeah. his character has a you know he it could very easily be just a stock comic role where he is the asshole Mitra D or whatever the the leader of the staff at the hotel but he goes on a journey doesn't he Mm. where he kind of understands julia roberts appeal and starts helping her and takes almost sort of uncle pride in the whole thing doesn't he it's it's a lovely performance yeah he he starts out like wanting to kick her out of there and then she just kind of that's when she can't get go shopping and she just kind of breaks down crying and all this she's got all this money and nobody will pay attention to her yeah and then yeah and that's just kind of like a, a really nice scene and then uh you know i love when he calls someone in there that's it's like he 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 feels some genuine compassion for her and he calls somebody in to take her to the sh- to the shop there and get that that black evening dress she has and then um, when she tells the woman she's not he's not really I love what she tells the woman he's not really my uncle and she's like none of them are mm. you know yeah yeah so you know there's there's not that it's, it's necessarily a gritty movie but it's like you get the feeling that the that the some of the working class people in there are looking out for each other there's like mm. another little level of that in there. Yeah, in yeah. it, in with all the fantasy of the private jet and going off to the opera and you know, every, everything like that that occurs within supposedly within that one week. Yeah, I, I mean, do you know what is interesting? I feel like this, like Pretty Woman, is just an like another another film in the line of movies that it's you know the ordinary woman she meets like the rich handsome billionaire you know Mm -hmm. I don't know like how many times are we more times are we gonna see this sort of like formula on the big screen it's just um and that's what the problem I I have a quite a few problems with the film I think one of my major problems is this idea that money can fix all all your worries and you know it's like all she needs to do is like to cheer herself up is go shopping and it's just like mm, it feels very empty you know so mm-hmm. um, yeah I mean that is that's the only scene I remembered from the film bizarrely yeah you know when I thought oh I watched Pretty Woman oh yeah I remember the bit where she goes and goes shopping and 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 what I actually found was that this film isn't as funny as mm. I thought it was, not by a long stretch. And I'm guessing I haven't read your article, B, but I will have done by the time I publish this. <laughs> but I'm guessing you're going to have an issue with how prostitutions mm. are displayed. And I have a huge problem with Jason Alexander's character suddenly becoming a rapist in the last 10 minutes. Mm. I just I know he's an angry little man, but. And, and and in a comedy, it just came from it nowhere. It escalated really quickly, and and I mean, you kind of get the idea he's a bit of an asshole. He's been sort of making like digs at Vivian. Yeah. Although it, I think it's the only second time they've met. Mm. I mean, yeah, he met he meets at the polo match, doesn't he? Yeah. Um. I mean, it's yeah. I know it's only a film, and but I just felt it escalated so quickly, and that's a really dark place for a romantic comedy to go. If, yeah. if this film wants to be a drama, all right, we, we can do something with this. But people, you know, there are horrible people in the world, but they don't normally escalate to rapists within 10 minutes of knowing someone. Yeah. Well, I, mm. there, I don't know. 
I they, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm the former crime reporter. So, I mean, if people... That doesn't bother me less. Because he, as soon as he finds out that when he meets her at the, at the racetrack, but mm. it's, you can see, like, as soon as he, as he um, finds out that she's a prostitute, it's automatic. It's automatically got this look in his eyes that you know yeah. she's a com- she's a commodity, and yeah. so and she's not really a person. So I, mean, I, I was just going to say, I think it's mostly down to his performance that we can see that. Yeah, it's certainly yeah. not the writing. No, it's the but but uh, yeah, it's all of a sudden he's he's like, you know, that's where he's all of a sudden he's intrigued and and you know there's this whole bit that that B wrote about about you know she's insulted like about the the idea that he, he that there was even an implication that she'd be passed around to his friends. Mm-hmm. You know, so so he's kind of got this idea, basically, of what she's about. And, you know, it's not it's not a romantic thing there in his head. You know, there's it's like transactional and she's a sex worker. And so, you know, so the fact that he that it does escalate, it is unsettling. I'll get you that, Stephen, because you're not really you're not really seeing that in the it just it know, just feels that. Yeah. yeah, it feels ill placed. In I, this movie. I kind of get it. I don't think it's tactfully done. Mm-hmm. And the um the outcome of that scene, where he just gets beaten up and kicked out and told he's you know pretty much fired. Well, where's the legal justice there? That's right. He's still a millionaire. He's still a high price, high paid lawyer. You know, all that's happened is it's that he's got a few bruises and he's lost one of his clients. It, it that doesn't feel like any kind of punishment to me. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of the film's uh, attempts to be gritty and to deal with serious subjects are treated really in a jokey, uh, offhand manner. Um, you know, they in the very very like opening when we're introduced to. Valerie and her friend. Um, Vivian. Vivian. Vivian, sorry. <laughs> I saw your name. I was thinking Valerie. For, I just saw your name. Sorry, let me try that again. When we were introduced to Vivian <laughs> and her friend, um, as they go by, like, some cops pulling out, um, you know, a, a fellow sex worker who's been, you know, who's, I don't know if she's been murdered or whether she's died from a, drug overdose but I like you know it's just a a small moment in the movie that's just you know they gloss over yeah whereas in reality you know the numbers of of sex workers who die um are incredibly high and I, I did sort of link that in my article as a really interesting sort of um piece that I found so do do go have a look at that but and, and that's what really and I think as well it, it glamorizes this idea of like you know um your some handsome man with money will come rescue you if you're in this line of work you know mm-hmm. and uh, the tagline for the movie is really really awful it's like um who thought that uh, uh being a hooker could be so much fun like how on earth did that tagline ever get like signed off i remember it being they called it a a real cinderella story but sin s-i-n derella story like and so that seemed to i guess that seemed to work better because that's what it like it's kind of what it is you know Mm. And yeah. then there's, yeah, there's also, I'm looking it up now, that she walked off the street into his life and stole his heart. Oh, gosh. You know. Yeah. But. It's, yeah, I, I just, I have major issues with that. And I just think, like, if it was, I certainly wouldn't let my teenage daughter watch this movie. <laughs> if I had a teenage daughter. <laughs> mm. It was, was fun. I was thinking about this movie. 
you know, said I used to be a, a, a crime reporter. And, you know, I think even reviews at the time pointed out that Julia Roberts was, you know, way too cute and, and you know, just charming and, and effervescent to be a, a prostitute. You know, she was like the most unbelievable prostitute you'd ever meet. She she and, certainly is for the concept of a of a Los Angeles street well, prostitute yeah, for sure. Yeah, but I, when I I was looking through arrest reports years ago, and sometimes the cops would do um, reverse sting operations where they'd have a, a officer, you know, as dress up as the prostitute, and they'd arrest the Johns. Yeah. And one of the arrest reports on on the Johns, he said he should have known that the officer was a was you know, that she wasn't a prostitute because she was pretty and had all of her teeth. Ugh. And I remember, you know, that stuck in my head all these years later because I read it and thought that was funny at the time. And I just it was just like such an image like he should have known. Yeah, <laughs> we, yeah. we also sort of contemporaneously, we have that life imitating art thing where Hugh Grant gets caught with was her name Desiree Brown? Oh, yes. Li- yeah. Literally yeah, with a Los Angeles street prostitute. Yeah. yeah. Um, which, which which certainly was one of the sleazier episodes in. In, um, in I don't know, in, in, in cinematic history, in real life cinematic history. Doesn't feel very pretty womanish to me. Um, sounds pretty grim, frankly. And yeah, the, the, this whole sort of. Oh, I'm a I'm a nice prostitute because I don't kiss on the lips and I'm a nice prostitute because I'm sassy and nothing bad's happened to me. And my friend's a heroin addict, but we're going to gloss over that. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I and I and I floss. I'm not, oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. That scene. Yeah, that was pretty just like, you know, it's uh, it's a joke. She's just flossing. Yeah, she's yeah. not really. I think in the original script they were going to have it that she was addicted to coke. So, mm. you know, and also like she, despite um, needing the money, she doesn't look like she needs the money. If you know what I mean, like she doesn't look like she needs a bath or anything, does she? No, I, no. I don't want to be male gazy <laughs> about it, but. Yeah. It's yeah. A, it's, it's a, you know what I'm saying? I know that's really hard in the podcast not to say what I'm thinking, but yeah, she she yeah. looks absolutely fine. She just She looks, looks like she's, she's just, you know, work, walked off a L'Oreal you yeah. know makeup yeah. set I, type yeah. of thing. But I do remember nineteen year old me walking out of that cinema thinking that is the most gorgeous woman I've ever seen. Which bizarrely I don't think anymore. So it was you said earlier that it, you were the you were the um, audience for it. Be mm. I kind of think nineteen-year-old boys, eighteen-year-old boys also were as well, because there's a real set of yeah. messages going on here, isn't there, about being successful yes. to buy any woman that you want, and that's that that's bad, but nineties, eighties, nineties aspirational. Yeah, yeah, and it's. it's... Also... Oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah, no, I was just going to say, in terms of, like, male gaze, how she's depicted in the movie uh, is also really problematic. Like, um, you know, the very first time that we're introduced to her, um, we're not introduced to her face, but her rear end Mm -hmm. while while she's lying down in bed, which, uh, you know, is already just setting up this idea that she's just a piece of meat, you know? (laughs) So it's pretty pretty bad. <laughs> so yeah. we don't we're not introduced to Richard Gere in that way. Although you know I, I wouldn't mind it. You know <laughs> he's he may be like what in his forties in that movie, but he's still you know still well he was still looking pretty good. All right, so if if you're allowed to say that, then <laughs> no, he, <but> he was. <laughs> he's I mean there's no getting away for it. He's a he was he was and actually remains to be although the scourge of hamsters around the world he is a is and was a good looking guy um and i bought the fact that he might be a corporate raider i don't really understand i don't anything get anything else that happens this week yeah, <laughs> yeah. no yeah. i get well he just he just buys companies that are 
on the down low, uh, sorry, on on the way down, and he breaks them up and sells off the assets. So you know he'll buy he'll buy a big company on the cheap and then sell the bits that work, sell buildings for scrap, things like that. That that's the idea. But why he has this sudden about face within a week with a girl yeah, he spends yeah. maybe fourteen hours with in total. <laughs> changes his mind because she just... made him walk in the grass Stephen she I've made said. him walk in the grass okay <laughs> yeah as someone who has walked on American grass that's not even very pleasant <laughs> America, wow. America have this horrible rough but thick grass it's not careful nuts. careful what you <laughs> say I know that's like uh, not all American grasses no yeah, but which you, American grass are you walking on oh yes Certainly, when I was in, I stayed in the Hamptons, had it there. That which isn't very far away from New York City. That was also the place where someone told me, a taxi driver told me, it was foggy all the time in London. And it was, (laughs) it was 1990. It wasn't, in fact, it was the year this film came out. It certainly wasn't 1890. (laughs) It's actually 1890 and I was. I travelled to America to go on a trip across the country on a train. I'm pretty and... I'm pretty certain the woman had only ever seen American Werewolf in London and was so excited <laughs> to meet two people from England that, that she let that go. But we, we, we were polite, obviously, to our American <laughs> cousin. Well, yeah, I'm thinking about the, the movie and, you know, it is true, like, Richard Gere does an abrupt kind of about face, you know, it, it, but the other thing is, going back a little bit to Jason Alexander, there's not much of a villain in the movie. Like there's the, like if you look mm-hmm. at it from a writing standpoint, there's not much of an antagonist. There's, yeah, 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 they're kind of thrown together under this condition of a week and the, and the pay. And then they're supposed to fall like in love. But yeah. usually in a romantic comedy, you have some kind of uh, outside Almost needed force. A pi- a also, pimp I was going to say, in yeah. street prostitution, you would have thought there would have been a pimp who wanted to come and get his money machine back. Yeah. And again, it kind of hints at that there's a scene, isn't there, in a club? Where... But I don't think that's hers. Uh, no. No, she, she doesn't is... have a pimp. Yeah, no, because yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, she's independent. Yeah, because that's the thing. In she's a, she's an independent. She's an independent <laughs> contractor. Yes. Mm, of course she who, is. Yeah. Yes, who, who, who likely would have been run off of the whatever block she was on. If, <laughs> yeah, if she didn't throw mm. some money somebody's way. But, I, yeah, yeah. It yeah. just feels a little bit like I'm not sure. It, you can definitely tell that a, a man wrote this script. Well, or you, it just feels like this is Disney prostitution, and it's just like, oh yeah, it's it's like lots of things in films. It's just totally ignored, and and in some ways unnecessary. Mm. It, could could you have done something similar? And she wasn't a prostitute, probably. Yeah, you could have. She could have just been a waitress. Yeah. Yeah. You know, or... a man's. You know, I guess there's indecent proposal where a rich man. Pays just a normal woman, doesn't he? A million pounds for the night yeah. is that kind of thing. You know, the, these were ideas which were already out there or, or were floating around Hollywood at the time. Just, just weird. I just think the whole prostitution angle it just it sets yeah. this Disneyfication of what prostitution Unless, is. I mean, the film would have been far more interesting if she had been using him to get what she wanted. Oh, for sure. And then, and then left him. Let's face know? it. If this film was made today and it would be a six-part Netflix miniseries, it would go in a <laughs> lot more interesting places. I don't know. What's that movie that you reviewed, 365 Days, you know, or whatever it was? Is it 365 Days? I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, you know, the, the movie, it's that awful movie where it's the um, the woman has to fall in love with the man in 365 days. Oh, God, yeah. Um, it's called 365 Days. You reviewed it. Come on, Stephen. You remember. 
Did I? Yeah. I obviously yes. forgot about it, but yeah, that sounds yeah. bloody awful. Yeah. You isn't there, isn't there an Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore one where she forgets him every day? Yeah, yeah that's the, that's fifty the, first dates. That's yeah. where she's yeah. got she's got some sort of amnesia. Yeah, yeah. This three hundred sixty five days film is just like a rip off of Fifty Shades of Grey. Okay. Uh, and he kidnaps I, her and. Oh like, my God. I don't remember uh, this at all. Are you sure it was me? But it doesn't I'm matter. Sh- whomever uh, it was, whoever I feel was, sorry for them. I feel like it was you. I'm going to have to look <laughs> it up. Yeah, I'm going now to www.intheroom.com. Live, live, live fact Live fact checking. <laughs> if it is me, I just feel terrible. But then I don't really remember what my name is some days. So I'm so old. Do you, so do you think Vivian is the is the trope of the hooker with the heart of gold? Well, I guess that's because there's like the there's Jamie Lee Curtis in Trading Spaces, who's like oh yeah 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 oh, f- for sure. Although yeah. I feel oh, I take it back, it was Simon. Sorry, yes! Gins with that. Gins with that has I a penis. It, that's I, all right. No, that's not all right. <laughs> um, I swear, I thought we had spoken about this movie. It sounds dreadful. It sounds exactly the sort of I, I don't get me wrong i like a romantic comedy as much as the next person in fact more so right some of my favorite films are romantic comedies but they can often be distilled to quite creepiness as we said at the beginning and this one it's just i just don't understand why it remains in, in some ways it's almost more popular today than it was then because i think it got quite quite criticized at the time i seem to remember yes, but- now it's become like a movie that is all about it is like to celebrate its time mm. oh it's know? definitely of its time yeah yeah and it's a bit like uh you know one of those films which is uh you know it's cool to like because of nostalgia oh yeah. for sure well you know and i'm guilty of that i came back to watch it 30 years later on the back of nostalgia yeah yeah it's because and I, netflix it just makes told me, me it was think nostalgic of, yeah it makes me think of like dirty dancing and all those other types of movies you know yeah. i'm not a i'm not a fan of dirty dancing either i've got to say but as far no, as no as far as like pretty woman goes you know there are there are certain things like I like say, I said I remember going with a bunch of us in college to watch this, and there's that scene like where he picks her up in the car the first night he picks her up, and she talks about her, she talks about your feet, like how the size of your feet being like the size of your forearm, and yeah, I swear yeah. to God, like the everyone in in our row put their foot up to their forearm <laughs> to see if that was true, and so and, you know, and, yeah, and there's. Is it? It 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 did seem to be by the movie crowd, so mm-hmm. so you know there's it, it has these little things in it you know like um, when you spend time with her when she's in the in his hotel room and you know she's just she can't really walk in her shoes and stuff like that yeah she's, yeah where you know she's just kind of instantly endearing. But it does have a lot of pro- it does have problems, but I think it coasts on the on the um, stars. But by the yes. same time, yeah. at the same time, you know, people wanted to get them back together in another movie for years because of this, and they made a film called Runaway Bride that I found just horrible. And, um, yeah, not yeah. That. I've not heard of that, but people keep recommending my best friend's wedding to me. Yeah, that one. That one I've seen pieces of. I I and. And that one, she's more of um, she's more of a catty villain. Yeah, she's, yeah. She she's not the nice she's not the nice gal in that one, which yeah, is I, I, yeah. I, I will have to go back and I'll be on my trip this year because I remember watching that back in the day. But you know this this to me, I I don't know, and I'm probably going to talk about other movies that we'll all have problems with as well. But you know, I'd rather watch The Wedding Singer than this any day of the week. Well, the- <laughs> Wedding singers, brilliant. That was a lot. That was very fun. Yeah, I did enjoy that. Um, but there's just a whole bunch of them that sort of came out this time, both in America, and then we had our sort of Britishy ones as well, didn't we? Like oh, sliding for, doors, for weddings, for weddings Notting Hill, which Julie Roberts is in, isn't she? Which I just think's dreadful. 
um <laughs> and and yeah it's just it's just i don't know there was this thing and, and it turned julia roberts into a star mm, you know yeah let's forget what we might feel about the movie very few movies have a star performance from someone that turns them into she is i think is she the most bankable female actress in hollywood still probably well, maybe can, yeah, yeah I'm, not, you know. I'm not sure i'd have to look but yes mm. it was like yeah when i remember liz you do Stephen, when that came out and then she was like everywhere yeah. and she had yes and it, it was you know who knew who julia roberts was before this movie really and that that movie you know certainly opened a lot of doors and you know Till then, she had, you know, she'd been in Mystic Pizza, which was okay, but it was a little indie movie that nobody really saw. You know, some people did, but that wasn't gonna like launch her to to superstardom. Then all of a sudden, she was she was everywhere, and it it was largely based on Pretty Woman. You mm. know, she had she had charisma that it that it factor. Yeah, yeah. charisma is the thing. I mean, she's. Mm-hmm. Again, however unbelievable her character is, she's. If I compare her to Richard Gere, Richard Gere is eye candy in this, right? <laughs> and yeah, yeah. Whereas her performance, every word that she utters, whatever issues we might have with it, she's entrancing. And yeah. it's not just that she's in the bath or wearing skimpy clothes; it's that she is genuinely charming and funny and a little bit awkward and just quirky and also apparently six foot tall you know I, I don't know how tall she is but you know what I mean she's she's a very imposing figure there's more to her that's on the poster of course which seems to be incredibly airbrushed and yes yeah and I believe it's not even her body actually if I remember rightly but that's just a thing but yeah no, she was she became a huge star she she goes on to win Oscars and she goes on to you know you can put Julia Roberts's name on a film and and a huge amount of people will go and watch it sight unseen and it doesn't matter what genre it is mm-hmm. there's not many women like that female actresses yes you know. and she really like i mean the whole fact that everybody went wild for her and she was like named american sweetheart mm. and, you know she still has you know still crops up in movies doesn't she from time to time she oh, does sure. i'm not yeah. sure I don't think she's obviously has maybe the pulling power that she she did. I would say, you know, a contemporary, someone like Meg Ryan, who was making Mm. um, this kind of romantic comedy all through the sort of late 80s and 90s. You look at Daryl Hannah, you look at uh, uh, Lee Thompson from, um, uh, I was going to say Howard the the Duck and Back to the Future. she, she, her. If they made a film now, no one would notice. No, no. Whereas I think I do think Julia Roberts turning up in Ocean's Fifty Seven or something like that would be <laughs> would be noteworthy. Well, she did that, yeah. yeah, she did that um, Homecoming, I think, show on cable. She did, the, yes, like a yeah. science fictiony thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And she was very much front and center in the advertising around that. So yeah, I. It, 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 if it made a star out of somebody, then I'll give it some latitude. But, yeah, but, but yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, but like you said, it's got all, it's got all sorts of, it's got all sorts of strangeness. Like when you, when you think about it, you know, if you, but with some romantic comedies, you know, they, they, like, they're not my favorite genre. There's certain certain ones I like, but they're, you know, there's always like some kind of thing uh, roger ebert used to call it the idiot plot which because he said it it was um the thing the plot issue that could be solved if somebody just had an honest conversation but nobody yes, would bother yeah. asking the other person the question they keep oh, this mis- I, uh, misunderstanding going through the whole oh, movie yeah. I, yeah. Watched, I watched a movie yesterday so we have like this film club at work where some of us all get together. We choose a movie and every two weeks get together and talk about it on a Skype call or, or Teams call, whatever it is. And somebody chose one of those awful Nicholas Sparks films, The Lucky One, starring Zac Efron and Taylor oh, Schilling. Oh, oh. Oh, oh, my God. 
if he had just said <laughs> at any point in the first hour and 43 minutes of the film, the reason he was chasing her down, which seems perfectly reasonable, apart from all this walking thousands of miles nonsense. But if he just said to her, the reason I've come is because I found your photo and it saved my life. In fact, he never even tells her that. Oh, my God. And really? Spoilers. Um, and ends up with someone else to die for the whole thing to get together probably it's just nonsense and that that is absolutely what you've just described now that's yeah. not a comedy but it's no. a romantic drama and it's obeying the similar sort of tropes you know stalking yeah. guy oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, he, he would point that out i think he would do that a lot lot in, in like romantic comedy reviews i read his re- reviews a lot but he but but yes i love the phrase like the idiot plot because sometimes mm. you like you're saying like why don't they just say you know it would take yeah. 10 minutes and you oh, might she's, have she's actually my sister and i haven't yeah. seen her for so five yes. years yes and so and then there's some huge misunderstanding otherwise there's a huge misunderstanding yeah. and you know and, and everyone's too pig-headed to say why to and say why like, yes oh. yeah so, i mean yeah. pretty pretty woman doesn't suffer from that they're both very upfront about you know although what, uh, what this is gonna what this yeah. is going to be he needs company for the week basically so yeah, although he i mean he does sort of like try to keep her on after and he does it in like the most oh uh, he wants to set her up in a sort of a sugar baby kind of yeah mistress flat thing and... and then he's like i've never taught i did like that line where it's like i've never treated you like a prostitute and then she says like you just did you know mm-hmm. and i wish like in a lot of way there was more of that side to her well don't you wish that that crisis happened half an hour earlier because mm. it happens 10 minutes from the end of the film and yes. then he and he fixes it all by yeah I mean, up a fire escape yeah, Jesus, yeah. you know i mean it, she should have just he should have gone there and then she's already left and she's gone to go and like make her own career or set up a rival company to his company and then (laughs) (laughs) it would have have a fun sequel afterwards at the very least she should have gone all the way home back to the country where she's from and he should have tracked her down there i know that's quite stalky as well but at least he'd have put some effort in all he did was yeah drive five minutes out of his way i love how (laughs) it starts raining of course it does Uh, and it's la i'm not sure i don't know too much about la but Rain doesn't happen like not that, it does. Not that but, often, I don't think. <laughs> Why is it always the cliches like that? It's just like, oh. I mean, it's know. okay because sometimes cliches and things are important because they enable us to understand things that are going on. Not not all cliches are terrible. However, I just this this film rushes to I, a conclusion. Yeah, so quickly, so quickly, and then it's just like, oh, okay, that's it. You know, you just don't get the feeling that their relationship's gonna work. Well, you don't get the feeling he's changed. No. Right. So from you know, there's this thing, and it's not really. He walked in the grass, Steve. Yeah. There's something has happened in a previous relationship, which doesn't seem that terrible. They've just fallen out of love with each other, or something like that, and it doesn't seem like anything awful had happened. They just weren't together. Should have rekindled with his dad. And then he mumbles, at, oh yeah, there's that. And then no, because I know his dad's dead, but if they kept his dad alive, maybe then he could have rekindled with him, and that yeah, would have been there's, like there's, a good just, moment. He has no story. No. He mumbles along through life, being rich and enabled by other people, and then he walks on the grass, and then he realizes <laughs> that he wants to keep her in a flat where no one else can have her. <laughs> And then, only when she says, piss off, matey boy, he decides to love her. And there's nothing's happened. They've had a couple of nights out. This is fundamentally not how life works. No, it's a little bit more complicated than that. (laughs) I actually, I like in your piece, B, I like how you found um, there was something there you pointed out. I mean, it's not a huge part of the film, but as far as 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 a good side of it is that it approaches the subject of consent Mm. like Roxanne Gay said that it's a pretty big part of the movie which at the which at the time 
you know, you didn't see in a lot of movies. Yeah. Like she gets, she's very much about like who she, she gets to choose. It's yeah, all, it's yeah, on it's, her terms. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. not, you know, it's not realistic as we've said for her not to have a, 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 a manager or a pimp or somebody mm. there, but she's, but she's very much like, you know, yeah, this is, everything's on her terms and she gets to decide. Which yeah, is, and she yeah. negotiates the money. Right. You know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the film does some good things. It's just, I, I, I don't, I, it baffles me to, to try and understand how it's remained such a beloved classic. That's, that, it's probably because it's probably like I said because of the that's, sorry Stephen it's probably because like I said the chemistry of the two of them and because it it launched Julia Roberts's you mm-hmm. know leading career as a leading woman yeah yeah and and there's one other thing we haven't spoken about I know Valerie you need to go shortly but mm-hmm. the one other thing is it did resurrect Roy Orbison's career <laughs> big time. You know, he was a somewhat forgotten soul, certainly in the UK. And then suddenly this song is. Yeah. Yeah. The song was. The song was over that actually it's a good point because the soundtrack was everywhere. Oh, Mm. yes. Yeah. Yes. There was people there were the soundtrack was getting played a lot. And so that kind of kept it around uh, as well in terms of, you know, we don't. Nowadays, it's like a thing to have like a song from a movie, but you know, I don't know that they went into it with thinking about the soundtrack ahead of time. But it became such a hit that those that it was like on the soundtrack to the popular movie, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which which was a thing, but I think this took it to another level. Mm-hmm. And now, I don't think you have a romantic comedy without a song from the 60s or 70s fronting it up somehow i mean obviously the wedding singer went and did it even bigger (laughs) with with the whole soundtrack of sort of 80s um music but yeah it's i just i just i just i'd barely heard of roy orbison and then suddenly he was on top of the pops and he got a new (laughs) album out and 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 that's great because he's a really interesting musical artist and not long before he passed away really so yeah that was cool i just wanted to i just wanted to say something positive (laughs) (laughs) i've been all right debbie down on this whole film yeah 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 well um you know i i i'm just gonna say like i am glad i got to watch it um you know i'm not a big romantic comedy person i did cry at this movie surprisingly so what made you you cry Oh yeah, I'm um, curious. Oh, okay. Some last night of them sort of like being together, and that kind of like I'm in a sort of situation at the moment where I can't be with my significant other, uh, and we have like moments where it's like, oh, it's the last day or it's the last night, and should be so like it, a. So it talked to you. It talked to you in your in your situation. Yeah, I'm yeah. not. Obviously, he's not paying me, and this isn't a prostitution <laughs> thing. So I'm just saying, like, but I can get it. Like, I did sort of like in that moment, I did buy into like their sort of re- genuine relationship type of thing, you know. Yeah, I, I did get that. I think and that's I, fair enough. But yeah, very, very specific. But would there be of two years ago? Have no, uh, no, goodness me, she would have just been like. <laughs> yeah sure whatever oh no she's going softness yeah i know i know but yeah i just i, I just find like romantic comedies aren't as bad as i thought they were so you know there are some them. exceptional ones and i hope that yeah. you find them and i guess that's what <laughs> this, this month, is this, this month is, on yeah. um, has been about on in the, yeah. on the website hasn't it um yes i've still got plenty to catch up on i know yeah my part our part will probably cross again on many others <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna be watching tons because i think that's all i watched in the 90s <laughs> that and the hitcher 
which is another film I rewatched. Oh, oh my, my god, gosh. why did I like that so much? <laughs> it's funny when that happens. You're like, why did I watch this movie? And then that's like, oh, I forgot about that. Like something yeah. like you know. It was another film I remembered one scene from, which I'm not going to go through because it's not really appropriate for for right. this podcast. But yes, that was the only bit that I enjoyed the second time around as well. And I'm thinking, I don't even <laughs> remember, I don't even remember the rest of it. I remember yeah. Rutger Hauer being in it, and apparently they made a remake as well which oh, I had no God. idea about. Oh. Fairly. Now, if, uh, I'm going to give you like a little tangent that Stephen can cut out before I go, but you mentioned <laughs> Leah Thompson before, but, mm. but like Back to the Future. We watched Back to the Future. Um, was my son's 12 now? He loved it. Oh, but that's a classic. And we had to watch all three. Like, cause he, then he wanted to watch the, the subsequent two. And he just got the biggest kick out of it, and to the Aww. point that I that I bought him a out of time license plate from Universal oh, that's Studios. So cool. No, and that's... so and my my husband was like, you know, he says it's really cute, and, and when something like that, like Ghostbusters as well, which has its issues, Ghostbusters has some of its issues, like Bill Murray, I find a little creepy in the beginning of the movie yeah. now, which I didn't. Which, which they absolutely reference at the end of Afterlife. Afterlife, yes, we saw, <laughs> we saw Afterlife, <laughs> I, yes. And so, um, like, where something like that, you know, because, like, my son was like, ew, like, Leah Thompson, like, likes, you know, who is, uh, basically is her son. I was like, mm. yeah, that's why he keeps pushing her away. Like, no, no, no. You know? Yeah. I said that. I was like, that's that's a bit of weirdness. But you can see he's clearly like, nope, you know? I well, said, he's, brighter yeah. than, he's brighter than I was because yeah. well, I saw that for my birthday back in, when was that, 1985? Something like mm-hmm. that. And I didn't notice that at all. I just want. I just thought, oh, why is he being so weird? <laughs> I'm so oh stupid. I didn't work out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My son was like, ah, you know. But the, but overall, he liked the movie. Got a kick out of the movie. And now, like you see, I don't know how it is over in the UK, but they have like so many. Like they'll have like these Funko collectibles, like in Target and the and Walmart and stuff. And there's like still like Mart. Now there's like Marty McFly still like action like little figures and collectibles. So my husband was like, it's so cool when something that you liked, mm. you know, hits. Still exists. Yeah. yeah, it still yeah, hits. And, have, you can, and you can see it hit. And we have like I, I had, yeah. and Legos and everything. Back, back to the Future yeah. is still a vital thing. And mm-hmm. same, same with me, you know, my kids. I made them watch that. I made them watch Indiana Jones. I made them watch Ghostbusters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they have this, this timelessness to them. Yeah. 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 And, and, yeah, and Jurassic Park. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think the original Jurassic Park, absolutely. Yeah, I think yeah. the other ones, we, I think you could look we, them out. But. We should we should have a we should have a podcast about Jurassic the Jurassic Park movies because I wrote oh, yeah. I wrote this I wrote this essay about um, the Bright Wall Dark Room ran. I gave myself a personal plug, but. People tend to forget that all the dinosaurs in the original park were created to be female. Uh, yeah, that's that's certainly in the book it is, so they don't bring yeah. it, isn't it? Yes, I and, remember that. Yeah, and so I, when they did a Spielberg issue, and this was a couple years ago, so, you know, they didn't have, like, West Side Story and, you know, stuff to pull from. But they, I picked the I picked Jurassic Park because I said that it's basically they talk about how there's no unauthorized breeding in Jurassic Park. But I, but Ellie is the, is the one who kind of looks askance at that, and uh, you know, and it made me wonder like why they picked all all women, all female, you know, creatures because some female creatures in the wild are vicious, like yeah, praying yeah. mantises and stuff, you know. Well, and so when it's, yeah, it's you've only got like I uh, just thinking about like aliens, mm-hmm. you know, it's the main villain is an alien queen, right. You know, it's like don't mess with women in right. any 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 form, human or you know, alien or dinosaurs, because you know, you get on our bad side and we're ripping you apart. <laughs> well, I think we cert- I think we certainly need an episode which is badass non-human females. <laughs> so we'll have the T Rex from from Jurassic Park, and right. we'll have the alien queen from Aliens. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's yeah. another one out there. But yeah, we've... Terminator Three. She, she, she was a Do you woman. You know what? She's uh, underrated. That 
Christina Lockery. Yeah. I quite yeah. liked her because I thought it was kind of interesting. There was that subtle, like, well, not so subtle, but that bit where she gets pulled over by the police car and she just like makes her breast slightly larger. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, yeah. It's, I mean, you could, you could read that in two ways, yeah. right? As, yeah. As, as leery or empowering. <laughs> but, well, she, yeah, it works. She gets out of that situation. I, 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 we're going to call it empowering, and I'm going to edit yeah. out of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry, I went on a tangent with Back to the Future, but I would, but to, but to sum up, I would, I would not say that you let like you could watch that nowadays, and I don't know like what you know. I'd be curious to think like what a what a young millennial would think of that movie you know the pretty woman if they'd be oh, like yeah. you know yes definitely i, I it, mean i think i i would be interested to see the film being remade you know mm-hmm. uh, and see what you could do i'd love to see the original script being made 3000 mm. and and just doing this is this is the flip side of yeah. what it is i mean there are, there are there are films and none come come to mind that do show the dark side of prostitution um or, or you know but, but there is this there's this hollywoodization of it mm. that i would like to see taken away um yes. you can still have humor in darkness yeah and you could probably make a funnier film because i don't even think it's that funny other than oh, um really no other than um oh, what valerie mentioned at the beginning um hector elizondo's character mm-hmm. no one else makes me laugh Oh, Julia else. Roberts does. Oh, no, no. Julia Roberts charms me. But yeah. I laugh. I laugh at the dry, mm. dry humour of... Um, yeah. Of, of, um, Certainly Richard Gere. I, I, you just get the sense he's just... But isn't he dark in everything he does? I don't know. Yeah, he's a good-looking man, and and he's got a twinkle in his eyes, and I understand why he was in all these films, but frankly, mm. yeah, I liked him. In, I liked him a lot in Chicago, where he's like, you know, when he's tap yeah. dancing in front of the the jury. Was he then sixty or something? He probably yeah. Yeah, he was forty I, when he made Pretty Woman. I looked up; she was twenty-two. So he was I mean, yeah, I mean, he's obviously made some deal with the devil. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He wears lots. Know. He wears lots of sunscreen. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. I think. I think. I think he. I think he knows some of them. Actually, Benjamin Benjamin Button. In real well, he's life. either Benjamin Button or he knows lots of good surgeons in Los <laughs> Angeles. The saying. No, bless him. I just. I just don't think he's the world's greatest actor. And it's funny no. that I wonder if that worked and that helped Julia Roberts shine. Yeah, maybe. I mean, he's, not, he's not a bad actor. He just, I just don't find. He's him certainly not handy. doing much in this film. Yeah. And and if he had, if she had been up against. You know, you mentioned at the beginning, B. You mentioned um, like, uh, what's oh. his name? Al Pacino. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, if Al Pacino was in full scenery, oh, scenery can you form, imagine him in this but, movie? But I actually kind of want to see that now. But, but, that, <laughs> but she would have, she would have been eaten up and chewed out, and wouldn't have right. been able to be. Yeah. the star i think right so I think it yeah. Works. yeah yeah i think it's true i think there's one i think there's the like the calling comedy the straight man it's mm. like in the it's like in muppets carmen is the straight man and the zane <laughs> the muppets are zany yeah so i think in this you know even though it's not like a flat-out comedic duo she's the one who's more colorful colorful yeah by, by degrees yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> And so, and so he, uh, he's he's the more straight laced one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I've I've enjoyed talking to you guys about Pretty Woman. Uh, you know what? It's actually you know brought up some really interesting points that I, did, I hadn't considered before. Um, and it's it's actually a, a movie that is fun to discuss. You know, because yeah. we can we can sort of pick it apart, but you know, we can also talk about how it could have been improved, talk about like what worked and what didn't work. So, yeah, I've been find I found it really this been a really great chat. So, um, before we go, um, Valerie, yes. where where can we find you on Twitter? Uh, well, I'm on Twitter 
uh, uh, Valerie Calfrin. So it's uh, V like Victor, A-L-E-R-I-E, and then K-A-L, F like Frank, R-I-N. And I also write for the Alliance of Women Film Journalists. So, <laughs> yeah. So you can... You can find me there, uh, there, and, and at league, and at, excuse me, in their own league most often, and yeah. uh, that's you know predominantly where I am. <laughs> and Stephen, what about you? Where can we find you? Hopefully, not on a street corner. <laughs> well, I'm afraid. I'm afraid my my days as uh, as a gigolo are over. Um. <laughs> uh, um what was I going to say? Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at, at LPVO, E-L-P-E-E, there's two E's, V-I-O. You can find me as the co-host of the Asian Cinema Film Club every couple of weeks. And you can also find me as um, every other episode on the Why This Film podcast where me and Emily talk about Barbie movies. Uh, <laughs> and we're, we're, we just sort of resurrected that for sort of season two. And I think we're about oh, 16 nice. films in now. We only How's that 20, going? Only 20 more to go. What's to really go. weird is, right, you would have thought even it would have been diminishing returns, even if you accept that there may be some value in a Barbie movie, right? But actually, we, we, we like I said, I think we're about 14, 15 films in, and the last one we did was one of the best that we've seen. Oh. And that wasn't what we were expecting at all. <laughs> um so yeah we're, we're about halfway through the main canon there's, there's about 36 in total to do but it's, it's it's a huge laugh and emily and i you know it's it's not just about barbie movies we talk about all sorts of crap as well and it's hopefully very entertaining so that's yeah that's like every other every other episode in the way this film podcast is that i i love that i love that i have never seen a barbie film uh what one would you recommend to me um okay so i'm just looking at my giant pile of barbie movies i bought <laughs> off ebay which always creates conversation when someone pops around i would probably say i can't believe i'm saying this out loud but the uh the first and maybe the second fairytopia movie so barbie fairytopia and barbie mamadia <laughs> and i'm just gonna just to bring it on brand barbie movies the animated barbie movies aren't quite what you might think they're quite female empowering yeah and and they can be read very differently to to what you might expect so yes they're for they're for young girls but they are not quite as drippy and pathetic as you might imagine well mm-hmm. when we bring back animated april uh for in their own league i i sus- uh, I, I would love it if you could write a piece about um barbie movies for the site I'll be more than happy to. Hey, <laughs> I'm holding you to that. But yeah, um, c- come and listen to the show. Anyway, you'll 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 learn, and you'll be absolutely shocked. <laughs> well, I, I have to go, but before I do, B, you need to to see if you can get your hands on one fine day. Okay. Which is um, which I have on DVD, but it's with Michelle Pfeiffer and George Clooney. So talk about star power. Oh, but it's, one so fine it's, day. It's set in New York City, and um, which it, it's and it shows us off New York City, lovely, and, and which I used to live there, so I like a good like kind of New York travelogue movie. But they're both divorced parents who wind up babysitting each other's kids for the day because they both miss the field trip, and oh. so they get into various shenanigans during the day and wind up falling for each other. Oh, that and sounds fun. It's it's extremely cute. She's an architect. She has a a rather voluminous mom purse that I relate to even more now than I'm than <laughs> I'm a mom. She has she has like this. She has a little boy in the film, and you know, at one point she's uh her uh she's got this arch- architecture model of a building, and one of the clients is like, I just can't picture it without any cars. And she digs in her purse and pulls out the Hot Wheels cars. <laughs> <laughs> and so, there's like various stuff in there, but it's a really, it's really, really, really cute. So, oh, that sounds good. I, I yeah. will definitely check that out. Well, thank okay. you. Well, thank you all for listening to the 
uh, In Their Own League podcast. Uh, you can definitely check us out at www.intheirownleague. Um, please give us a follower over at Twitter. I think we've now reached 3,500 followers Woo-hoo. and counting. I know that's quite an accomplishment, so I'm very happy with that. And of course, check out our website. We've got some really great um, content over there at the moment, not just Valentine's Day stuff, people. We've got all the Sundance stuff. We've got some great reviews. Um, we've got some good stuff coming up next month when it's Women in History Month. So I'm very excited about that. And yeah, if you want to, you can also check out my Twitter. I'm at the film B. That's just B as in the letter. So I've really enjoyed catching up with you, Stephen. Pleasure. I will hopefully catch up with both both you and Valerie and some other people in the next podcast. Whatever that, I'll, that will be. <laughs> I'll just, just add, there's been some updates to how Anchor works. Mm. Um, so obviously we're not as popular as Joe Rogan, but we are uh, on Spotify. How, which we're is less thing. controversial. Well, I don't know. Maybe maybe <laughs> we could be more controversial. However, um, there's always uh, the ability... We could definitely be more controversial if it gets us more followers. So, you know. Yeah, but would, would, would we, do we want to sell our souls for not a million really, listeners? No. Mm, no, okay, no. you and me. We differ. Agree to differ. Anyway, there is still the feature on Anchor to leave a voicemail. So if you do have a question or something like that, um, please leave us a voicemail. And, you know, maybe it's a question we can answer as a as a team. Mm. And there is some new stuff where I can when I sort of publish it, I can leave polls and other ways of interacting with us. So if, if you do. You know, obviously, we're on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, blah, blah, blah. Leave us. Leave us reviews and things like that, like everybody says you have to. But if you do go to the Anchor website, which is normally how I advertise it, um, you'll see for the episode, sometimes I'll put in other questions or polls and things like that. So please try and interact with the show.